It's time for the End of Conversation Podcast With funny man Damian Lemon And the voice of your choice Ali Muhammad This is Damian Lemon This is Ali Muhammad And this is In the Conversation The Podcast Yes, yes, we back Murph. Here we are again Yeah, another week Some more shit to talk, man How you doing? I'm doing great Doing great Ramadan is over Eid Mubarak, you know what I'm saying? Celebrated yeah, the end that. yesterday. So all good. Another another um Ramadan season completed. I'll be Ramadan raggedy. It was a, it was it was a raggedy dawn. Raggedy um, dawn. <laughs> any uh perspective you get from this one? Well, I guess that it's like, no matter, you know, it's kind of like when you're driving and you got terrain and, you know, you got an all, all-terrain vehicle that you can go over, whatever. It's kind of like that in that no matter what you're going through in your situation, wherever your situation is, you know, you got to still kind of stick to the mission as much as possible. So it's like, you know, whether you moving about and never really still, never really settled, whether you don't have a kitchen and you ain't had no hot breakfast the whole month, you just got to thug it out, you know what I'm saying, and and, and get to the goal, um, get to the end of the day, get to the sunset, and take it away. And at the end, you realize that, you know, even though it was raggedy, you still got through, you know. It wasn't the, the smoothest Ramadan, but... You know, yeah, I guess it wasn't built to be smooth. So that's a good perspective. That's good. Good look on life in general. You know, I like that. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, well, shit. So. How did you? How'd you uh, break it though? Did you have a a mean feast or was it just some regular something simple? <laughs> well, I was on set working all days, but I did order the the meanest thing on the menu. <laughs> what was that? What's the meanest thing on that on that set menu? Uh, the uh, ribeye. Or the, uh, oh, all 12, right. A uh, 12 ounce ribeye. Okay. Spinach right. and mashed potatoes. That's a, that's a good way to, you know what I mean? Come out of the Ramadan. Yeah. You know? No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> so so that was cool. Shout out to our host, uh, Naima Abdullahi, who was uh, fasting as well. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? Did y'all do matching steaks, or how'd she come out? Nah, there? nah, 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 nah. She, she, I don't know what she did. She, okay. Uh, she did hers in private. I got it. I got it. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> well, that's good. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> that's what's up, man. I had me some pretty good food this weekend. A couple things. I, I, I cracked my first crab of the season. Definitely oh, got to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got me. So this the season? This, the, I, I've, I've deemed it the season. I don't even know when crab season begins and ends. It feels like around this time, it should end typically around September. Mm-hmm. But fish markets, I have stuff pretty much nowadays all throughout. You know, it's just the sizes are a little smaller or whatever, and, the, you know, the supply isn't as abundant. Mm-hmm. So this is, I wouldn't say high season. 
I feel like honestly, and this may this may have to do with the manipulation of so many things, especially here in America. Seasons mm-hmm. aren't what they used to be, you know. Like right, they're really, right. you know, everything seems to be in season. As long as you got the money for it, we'll get it to you. You know, mm-hmm. it may not be as ripe as it could be, but we'll we'll furnish it. We can get it. That's what you want. You want mango in February? Fair enough. We got I, that. Ain't nothing. Now that's what used to trip me out because growing up in Miami, you you specifically knew when mango season was. Cause you know it grew on the trees out outside. You know what I'm saying. So right. when you start being able to get mangoes year round, that was kind of bugged out. Cause that was yeah. a special time of year, mango season. Right, right, exactly, you know? exactly. When is so, mango season? It's like the summer, like right around okay. probably like probably like May, June. And it just start popping off, start growing on the trees. And you know you jumping people fence trying to get to their tree, mm. or, you, or you got a tree in your yard that you trying to keep people out of, <laughs> you know. So it was just a special thing when the, when the mango started growing, and then you know somebody got a, somebody that got a tree, and they got about eight nine mangoes and come through your grandma's house and distribute them. That was a that was an exciting moment. Yeah, that sounds cool. Sounds like a little a little loop. Like looting type situation, come back with your bounty on some Robin Hood shit. All right. <laughs> Even if you, you know, what I'm saying you got a tree, or you know, what I'm saying you don't, you somebody gifted you a bag of mangoes. Like all that was just, it was just like, it seemed special, mm-hmm. you know. So when you start being able to buy them in the grocery store in December, it's like, ah, what's going on? Where these right. mangoes come from? <laughs> a lot of them too. It's not even like you know, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just worried. I'm, you know, I'm curious about that. Same thing, like you see strawberries, certain things that just seem like they weren't year round fruit or just year round things. They right. definitely around. We got them on deck. Whatever you need, you know. That's that's capitalism, you know. But uh, yeah. so I had some crabs. I believe they were in season. They were good. Uh, another day, I had a, a good ass sandwich from Defonte's mm-hmm. down in Red Hook. That shit was fire. That was a good sandwich. And you said Defontes? Defontes. Defontes. How you spell that? D-E-F-O-N-T-E-S. Oh, Defontes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little sandwich spot. It's been there for a long ass time. You know, they they wanted a, the official spots. I told you a few pods back now, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to the people that do it the best. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if I got a hankering, I'm going to the to the you know right. to the experts. And that's know. something you heard about or you research because Red Hook. I've is been like there out the a way. long time ago. Yeah, now it's definitely out the way. So I haven't been there many times. I've only been there once before, but uh, somebody put me on to that a while ago, and um, I was just like, "Yo," I was thinking about a sandwich spot. You know, thinking about getting a sandwich, and I. I was like, I don't want to go back to the same old spot. Let me try mm-hmm. something else. And I was like, let me take a drive, you know? Right. Like, it was one of those days where I was just like, let me get out. Let me drive around a little bit. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I got time. Let me go ahead. And then it was, you know, also, you know, uh, the Future album and the Action Bronson albums had dropped. Mm. So I wanted to listen to both of them in the car just to see what they sounded like. 
So, you mm-hmm. know, when new music come out, I like to take a little drive just to, you know what I'm saying, absorb it in a, in a spot where I get some good, you know, good speaker distribution, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what that served for. I was like, right. yeah, let me go ahead and just let's make this a whole little event. And that's what it was. Shit was good. Shit was good. So yeah. I like the Bronson album. Go ahead. What are you about to say? No, I was just about to ask you about the music. Yeah. It's all right. It was all right. You know what? I'm going to say this. <laughs> I, was just having, I was having a conversation with one of my homies. Uh, shout out to my man, West Manchild. I used to joke that, I, you know, I'd be putting future on the field younger. You know what I'm saying? But, like, there's a disconnect that I got to speak to. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, it's it's fine. You know what I'm saying? But, like, sometimes you got to realize, look, you can't participate in the the frenzy or the fever like other people. You just don't get it. If it's not organic, it's not it's not there. I feel like when sometimes I feel like I'm listening to a future album trying to make it what it what it seems to be. It feel like it feel like I'm standing in front of a mirror with some Amiri jeans on, trying to. Feel, I'm like, is this me? You know what I mean? Nah, nigga, that ain't you. You know what I'm saying? Let the people have that. You know, so it's one of those things. I just say, let them people have that. There's a couple records on there that's fine. You know what I mean? But it ain't. It's not. It's nothing that's gonna be a rotation for me. I'll fuck with the Bronson a little bit more. Than the future situation, but um, you know, to each his own. Have you heard either? Nah, nah, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. I, I know when I'm outmatched. Uh, you know, <laughs> you I'm gonna catch future in the air. You know what I'm saying? I, I've never actually sat down and listened to a future album, to be honest. Okay. Right. So you know, you you know, you catch. I catch them in the air, like you know what I mean. If you're out and about and you hear, like, okay, future got a new joint. But I've never, again, I wasn't part of the frenzy, you know, mm-hmm. of, yo, this my artist, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like sometimes you miss you miss stuff. And and especially at this this gen, this age, you start to miss what the how the frenzy even gets started, you know what I'm saying? And then you mm-hmm. come in on a, okay, that's, that's, that's live, you know what I'm saying? But you weren't there when it started, so it's harder to connect with it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And and I, you know, and not to say I don't connect with any upstarts because I do. It's just you, you still you miss some of them, and mm-hmm. and you can't recreate it later. You know, like you, you when you heard it before he was, you know, a twenty thousand dollar artist. You know, he was brand new SoundCloud. You know, it was a thing. You know, the blogs was on it or whatever. And then you know they blow up. And then you get on to them, it's like, it's not the same as the people who discovered them. And and you know the context of that artist and what it means to a certain segment of culture before everybody's right. on them. You know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, when you're younger, you, you're you're there when it started to, to the spark start. So, you know exactly where it came from. Oh, yeah, that's such and such. He from the West Side, Bankhead. All that shit came out of that one club. You know what I'm saying? The bounce. That's why they call it bounce. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's where the Bankhead bounces come from. And you know all the origins to it. But at a certain point, you start missing those key points. And then you just be like, okay, I don't get it. You know? And Mm -hmm. it's not that I don't get future because, you know, I discovered future in Vegas in its most, you know, 
extravagant form. So I get it from that standpoint, but not from, oh, that's my guy. And I really had that same, um, I had that same feeling. I um, I went to the bookstore. The bookstore is, is uh, I hadn't been really since the pandemic, right? And that was my Sunday ritual. Mm-hmm. I tried a couple of times, but they changed the hours. So, you know, I usually go right around 6 o'clock and stay to, to 9 you know what I'm saying, or 10 when it closed. But now they changed the hour, so I showed up. 6 o'clock, they closed at 7. You know what I'm saying? It's like, ah. So you can't really get get nothing done. So I made it a point to go to the bookstore this Sunday and, and really try to get my ritual back. And so found one that had the sit-down situation. The one I would usually go to out here in Atlanta, was it's, the, it's closed down now, so I had to go out into one of the, you know, northern communities. And so went out there, grabbed up a bunch of stuff. And so I was flipping through ID magazine, which is like a fashion magazine from London. But they real good on culture. They always had a finger on who the next people are, like next generation of people before they blow, really. But on the cover you had like, they had like maybe five, six different covers, and it was like, Lil Baby, Young Thug, Kim Kardashian, Nas, a few other people. But, you know, I was reading through the Lil Baby story, and I didn't know his origin story. You know what I'm saying? I just, you know, I caught him in the wind. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I ain't know that he wasn't really trying to be no rapper, and they was really saying, you got it, do it. He had a whole group of people just trying to keep him out the streets. And, um... To where Young Thug was actually paying them just to stay out of the streets, go to the studio and work. So then, you know, then the next the next story was Young Thug. So Young Thug was talking about his thing, and I ain't really know that Young Thug was signed to Gucci. I ain't know that. I knew Gucci had a whole new generation, but I ain't know Young Thug was signed to Gucci. So you know, you start to learn things like, damn, I missed that. You know what I'm saying? Had I known that at a certain point, I probably would have paid more attention. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Shit like that. So when you ain't up on the information, you you be missing. That's all. So I felt like just how you was talking about when I when I was going through that this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know what though? I'm I'm getting more and more comfortable with missing all of this shit. Not in uh, not in a in deliberate fashion, but mm-hmm. like you said, if it's not organic, then I'll get to it, or I won't. Right. And I, and I honestly, I won't feel no type of way about like I'm really. I just had this this um this thought today, where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you hear about FOMO, the fear of missing out, right? And mm-hmm. um, and I definitely have been affected by that. One thing that you know made me think about that shit, and I wanted to. We'll get to another part of this conversation, but it's a couple things that made me think about that. One. Uh, I was coming back from a show, and um, I'm driving. I'm driving, coming back from a show in Brooklyn. I'm going to a show in Manhattan, so I'm driving up Bowery, and right before uh, Houston, there I'm driving on my right hand side. It looked like there was like a little event, like in a gallery or something. 
It was a fire looking, got a little small gallery, but like, you know, some Lower East Side type gallery shit. It was kind of fly, like they looked like there was like a a huge statue of a person holding like a huge bottle of Dom Perignon, like some mm. giant size type shit. It was, it was, it was a, it was an eye catcher. It's like, wow. Mm. And you could see it was popping in there. You know what I'm saying? There's a bunch of kids in there and they were just having it. And I looked at it, and as much as I can identify the the energy in that room, I knew that wasn't the room that I needed to be in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was fine with that, but it I felt the I felt like the kinship in the you know I've been in rooms like that. I know how that must feel. That looks like that's a scene. That looks like that's a movement. That might be a big event. Somebody mm-hmm. is you know. Rolling out something, somebody celebrating something. It is, you know, there's some good energy in there. You could tell they having it. You know what I mean? When I was like, wow. You know? And there was a moment where you're like, damn. Kind of missed that. Not that you want to, not that I wanted to be in that room, but it was like, wow. I remember. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I remember that type of shit. You know? But I kept driving, went and did my spot. But, um... The other thing that made me on um, that triggered this thought is, you know, I guess I'm a bit of a digital hoarder, right? I've said this before. So I was, um, I'm good for two two things as far as tabling shit, right? Getting back to it. I'm going to get back to it. Even with TV, I'll be like, oh, I missed that episode. I'm going to get back to that. Or I stopped watching that series. I'm going I'm to get back to it. I heard it's good. And I'm fine with saying, you know what? I'm not getting back to that. There's so many, so much shit is piled <laughs> up. Because this is what made it apparent. I looked at Pocket. I think I've talked to you about Pocket before. Pocket is like a little, um, like an app that you can have on your phone and your computer. And it's basically, I guess it was like, uh, it's like the new iteration of what Google Reader used to be. I think it was Google Read. I think that's what it was. But basically, mm-hmm. um, say, for instance, I'm on Twitter, and I see an article that looks interesting, and I click on the link, takes me to the link, and it's like, you know, damn, it's a long-ass article, you know, TLDR, right? I'm like, all right, well, let me, I just hit a button. It says, save to pocket. And then you can save it to pocket, and then there you got that shit for whenever you want to watch it. And they make, like, a PDF version of it, too. So, like, if you're on a flight, you know, because that's also the thing, like, you know, next time I'm on a flight, I want to have some shit to read. You know, if you're on a flight or if you're on the subway where there's no internet connection, you can still read this stuff because it saves it as a PDF. Also, I think I've said before, it's a good workaround on some of these sites that got a paywall, you know. Right. Anyway, so I got so much shit saved to pocket. It's ridiculous, right? But that's one thing. I knew that. Now, the other thing I often do is I watch a lot I watch a lot of YouTube and I'll come across a video. Maybe I don't got the time in a moment and I'll just say, all right, I'll send it to watch later. You know, watch later. You know, you get your whole little playlist of shit that you watch later and I'll go back to it and I'll watch it, right? So the other day, I was sending, I was trying to send some shit to watch later and I went back to my watch later and I'm like, yo, none of the shit that I sent to watch later is appearing nothing's popping up like what's going on here i know is my do i need to so i restarted my youtube app maybe because that sometimes that could be the thing mm-hmm. so, same shit stuff like older watch later shit but not the other watch later shit so i said let me go on to the computer and see what's what 
So I go to the computer and I go to my watch later folder and I see I got 5,000 videos in my watch later. <laughs> Nigga, that's a cap. That's like a Facebook friend cap. I have 5,000 YouTube videos sent to watch later. And I'm not even going to talk about how many emails I got unopened. That was the other thing I wanted to talk about in a second. But I still have it because there's also, you know, there's also the thing where you could just clear your watch later, um, clear your watch later playlist just all together. Just start from zero again, which I'm probably going to do. Go ahead. Let me ask you something. Did you skim through your watch laters and see some shit in there that you still wanted to watch? Oh, there's a lot of shit in there. Look, that's the thing. That's the thing about maybe hoarding. All of this shit is is the desire is it doesn't dissipate. You know what I'm saying? It just, you forgot. It's like memories. This shit is like throwbacks. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, I did want to watch that video about, you know what I'm saying? Like some old crazy shit. It take you back to the two months ago that you sent it to watch later. You're like, damn. I forgot I wanted to watch that. Or I forgot I wanted to watch this. The, the desire is still there, but it's just like, dog, the time ain't there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't got the time to be combing through 5,000 YouTube videos. The intent is pure. You know what I'm saying? So, but then, but then for a while, I used to feel a way about that shit. Like, damn, come on. Like, you start stressing out over shit that, it don't mean shit. I just was watching. I went into my pocket, like into the pocket. I'm looking at some of the, you know, not even just the pocket. I Sometimes I have a bunch of fucking tabs open. So I went and looked at the tabs. I had a bunch of like think pieces from the New York Times and other magazines about the slap, which was about a month ago. And I'm reading through that shit. And I'm like, man, I don't even give a fuck about this shit no more. This shit passed. It ain't even what it, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't, everybody didn't talk their head off about this shit. Like, we've seen all the angles. And it just, it felt so distant that I was I was fine with closing that down, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm like, now, I realized, though, I can't partake in everything. And I'm fine with that shit. And I now get high off of, like, deliberately avoiding shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't get, like, dead ass, because I don't give a fuck. And I realize, like, stressing over some shit is not the same thing as empathy, right? And choosing Mm. not to stress over some shit is not always being cold. It's just some shit that I can't control. A lot of it be pop culture shit, but then sometimes it could even be political shit that everybody talking about. You know, it's 24-hour news cycle. That means there's no hours off. That's, 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 there's, you don't, people don't got the bandwidth for that type of shit. So I'm like, man, fuck that. I'll get what I could get. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of this shit, I will coolly opt out. Like, I'm so, like, with the whole, like, this, it is funny. Sometimes you'll see the algorithm trying to feed you the shit. And I, I delight in saying, nah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm cool on this. Like, this Johnny Depp, Amber Heard fucking court case, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And I'm cool because that shit don't impact my life at all. The whole Black <laughs> China and the Kardashian shit, I seen it from the periphery. But that shit don't got nothing to do with what I'm doing with day to day. And I used to have the, I used to justify it like, well, you, you know, you're a comedian. You need to know what's going on in pop culture because you might want to talk about it on stage and shit like that. But that's not the type of comedy I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not doing a fucking monologue up there. Like, I'm talking, I'm more trying to talk about me and the shit that I'm looking at. 
I don't <laughs> give a fuck. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you go on stage with some shit. That shit is that shit is not evergreen. You'll talk about a topic that should be played out. Now mm-hmm. you look crazy. So man, look. I'm cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I yo, no FOMO. You know what I'm saying? That's me. I am not, I don't have no fear, none of this shit. I'll miss it. I'll see that shit in the wind. It is what it is. If I get to it, I get to it. If I'm if not, it wasn't for me. So but anyway. The thing is though, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Now you you pass up on a lot of the shit that used to have you in touch with inspiration right you right, know right that that right. big event that that right. that that spot that weekend spot uh-huh that song that album you know what i mean that artist like right. that stuff goes away mm-hmm. but does anything feel that void of exploration and and discovery yeah new shit different shit or like, just having, or, or check this out, or just having the time to indulge in the shit, right? Because the right. thing is, when you're looking at, um, my watch later right now is at 4,759 now, because I, mm-hmm. I I guess I chipped away at a few things. But, <laughs> and, I, and as I go through, I'm going to probably find some shit that I, I, I'll tell you, like, oh, I'll talk about this. But it's like, it started to feel like, homework it started to feel like a to-do list it started to feel like you know some shit that's pending and I would find myself I don't say anxious but feeling like a little uncomfortable about the fact that damn this shit is looming right Mm -hmm. and when I just say man I'm cool I'm gonna get to it it's a different way of engaging with it so like I remember, you know, like, people in production, when they talk, I know it's like, and people like in TV and film and shit like that, when they be talking about watching stuff that's references or just watching movies, watching content, they say, yeah, I watched it down. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, that's the term I've heard them saying. That was the first time I ever heard somebody say, yeah, I had to watch that down. I watched it down. And it didn't sound like, and I, I was like, oh, that's an interesting way of putting it. You know, I typically mm-hmm. say, yeah, I saw it. I watched it. I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Like, watch the damn sound like you, like, you scarfing this shit. Like, you just binge back to, like, binge watching. Right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you, like, binge, it's a difference between binge drinking and just having a good-ass drink and enjoying yourself. Maybe have to. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I'm not just throwing them back. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a different energy, right? So, mm-hmm. it's like... If I got a list of shit, I'm trying to blast through the list because I'm trying to, I'm chasing this sense of completion. You know what I'm saying? Rather than engaging in the material. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, right, so right. it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, you just, it's two different, it's, it's, I guess it's a, I don't even think it's a thin line, but it's like, a, there's a distinction there. There's a distinction there. There's like, um, you know, it's being present more rather than looking down the barrel. You know what I'm saying? Looking at the finish line. You ever be at a party and motherfuckers is giving you a pound, but they looking over your shoulder when they talking to you <laughs> to see who else is in there? That's what it feel like. That's what it feel like. It's like I'm, I'm reading this article, but I'm looking at the next three articles because I got to, you know, I got to give myself some type of reward. 
You know, and it's just like that shit that that's that's not sustainable. All right, but again, back to my question. Are there any new things you're saying? What back things that? now that that catch that you are inspired by? Now I could sit back from the outside and say that you've really taken the cooking right. as an inspirational tool. You know what I'm saying to explore right. and discover new shit. You know what I mean? That right. You know, I'm I'm not sure where that falls in your life. I guess that's my question. Like, where does somewhere something like cooking fall in that space now? I I probably fuck with it a little bit more, right? So back to your whole back to that, right? So, you know, I told you I went out to Defontes, right? And since mm-hmm. I was down that area, cause um I was just talking to my homie, shout out to my man West Manchild. We were just had this conversation. Um Food in general, right? You know, I always joke about, you know, being a foodie, that's just fat people shit, right? That was mm-hmm. the thing. But, um, like, I'll find, like I said before, if I got a hankering for some shit, I'm going to fuck with the people that do that shit well. Or I'm going to fuck with a spot that I heard about that does it well. So, like, I'm going to check, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to check into that. If I got to drive all the way over there, then it's worth that. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm also going to do is be present in what it is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If I'm eating, if I'm cooking, even like with cooking, you know, sometimes it's not even just about the um, following a recipe all the time. Sometimes it's about like, you know, now that you kind of get in a, a gauge of how these spices and flavors are, how could you flip them? You know, I think I came on here before. I was like, you know, sometimes cooking without recipe, I call it like making beats. You know what I'm saying? And the shit might come out fire and it might not, but it's a meditation in itself. Or even mm-hmm. going to source the shit. Like I was joking with my homie. I was like, yo, I think I'm into butcher shops now. Right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like I'll go to the grocery store and I'll buy some chicken or whatever, you know, in the pack or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. But um, I've been going to the Bronx to the spot I told you about to sell these these soft pretzels that are fire. But right next door is this grocery shop, and one day I was making Jamaican chicken. I was trying to make curry chicken, mm-hmm. so you know I got a cleaver at the crib, but I'm not ill with the cleaver. And the last thing I want to do is lose a, a finger. A cleaver. I got a cleaver <laughs> at the house. But I'm not nice with it, though. I know it. I'm not nice with it. They got chopped it one time. The chicken flew one way. And you know what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm not nice with it. So Pensive with the cleaver. I, yeah, because the cleaver, you know, there's no turning back. You <laughs> that shit decisive. Is, absolutely. And decisive is there's no, you know, you can't, you know, you can't step back. So once that shit <laughs> is severed, it's severed, my nigga. And that's the last thing I need at this point in life. So... I was like, well, shit, next time I'm at the, at the butcher, let me ask them, yo, can you chop these, these chicken legs into chunks because I'm going to make curry chicken and I want it to be able to they'll do it for you. You know what I'm saying? Or they'll, they, got, they got it array. Mm-hmm. They know how to cut the shit. They do all of that shit. I went to a little butcher shop down in, um, I think it was on Court Street. It was not too far from Red because I was like, let me check out while I'm down here because I was going to go get something from the, the butcher shop in the Bronx, but I'm like, I don't want to go back to my crib to put some shit in the refrigerator and I don't want to have no meat in the car. Well, 
while I'm right. driving. So I was like, while I'm down here, let me see if there's a butcher shop down there. Kill two birds, one stone. Found a whole nother new butcher shop. And I was like, yo, I fu-. it was like, oh, it was like finding a record store, my nigga. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, so back to the point, I'm back into that shit. Or right. You know what I'm saying? I'm back on some photography shit a little bit more. I'm trying to slowly get into, like, the editing and, you know what I mean? Things like that. But, like, I'm giving myself more time to, like, really, like, indulge. And I think that all of that shit that felt like it was looming was really spinning me out because I'm trying to do too much. And it, it was just more being busy than being present. So that's that's, yeah. That's what I'm at. Nah, but that's what I'm saying. That's that was the point I was trying to make is that the the those types of things don't go away. The genres may change. You know what I'm saying? Right. You get into different things and <clears throat> and you start moving in different ways and feeling that same place in your heart or in your spirit with new things that are more interesting to you at this point. You know what I'm saying? So you know, it's just interesting to hear you talk through that process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because, you know, yeah, the music might not hit the same. Well, you know, some of the new music might not hit the same. I find I still explore music just across different genres now or across different countries. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, when you with, when you got these music libraries, you can kind of go anywhere you want. So you try to find a place and say, you know what, let me dig into this particular scene and see what that shit is all about. And you might come out with a few joints that's like, okay, those shit's all right, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like my man put me on, like DJ Clean. DJ Clean put me on to the mm-hmm. I'm a piano scene in South Africa. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so, you know, I don't know nothing about it. This is, this is no different kind of house music. They style a house like dance. How you spell music. that? A M A piano. P I. Okay. You know Got yeah. it. Oh, okay. I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh-huh. you know, shit like that. And so, like I said, when I'm in the bookstore, my process be I just grab a bunch of different shit. Whatever jumps out. No rhyme or reason. There's certain things that I may go back to. I might check, grab the monocle every time that's out. I'm going to grab a days. I'm going to grab a, a ID. Because mm-hmm. I know those things are good for certain things. Like Dazed and ID are good for cultural names. Like, so right. sometimes it's just like, all I need is a name sometimes. I don't need to know a whole bunch of shit. Open the book. You're like, okay, who is this kid? You know what I'm saying? They got him featured. He got a big-ass picture. I never heard of him. Google his name. Then, you know, he might be this type of, he might be a skateboarder. And then he hang with this crew. And, oh, shit, he connected with them. Oh, shit, that's one big-ass crew. Yeah, damn, now you're in a whole other world. You know what I'm saying? And I'm I'm an anthropologist like that, so I enjoy that type of shit, understanding who's who, where. You know, Monocle is good for some persnickety white people shit, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's like you ain't looking at it to be like, all right, let me see what the white folks doing. But it's like... Wow, that's an interesting concept right there. I wonder how that applies in my world. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, 
they they do a lot of different kinds of businesses or different kinds of shops, and it's like they always try to be like off the beaten path, but in a certain kind of way, not in a like cozy boutique store way, but like in a this is a brand from Japan that mm. you know is is above being like underground, but it's below mm-hmm. being Uniqlo. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like okay, let me see what that's all about. So with them, it's always like grabbing a bunch of websites from the people that they list and then go through it. But then they might feature a black person. Like, oh, damn, who is this? You know what I'm saying? Because if they mm-hmm. featured them, like, it's like, shit, they don't feature no black people. Like, who is this black mm-hmm. person? Let me see what they all about. And it'd be some designer or architect. Or, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it take you into a whole other space. And it's, and it's a global book. So it's like could be from any country like you know it could be some black architect in berlin that mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying you go look at their shit and they specialize in this type of style you're like oh shit that's interesting in the motherfucker you know just uh it's like reading you know what i'm saying reading kind of takes you all over the world without ever leaving your seat right so monocle is that type of book that kind of lets you travel just through the pictures and the words that they have you know what i'm saying cuz it's it's so focused on global culture and it's probably like one of the first magazines that i've seen that really focused like just we talking about globe trotting culture not like people who just travel to travel but just like global business global happenings cities that are on trend and doing something new and special you know what i mean stuff like that so that type of stuff is interesting to like a hood anthropologist so then you be trying to put your shit together to, you know, in your own way. That's like, uh, I'm my own version of of a global, you know, citizen. And, you know, I enjoy that kind of shit. Yeah, I also like shit. a good beat. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like, I like a good beat. How would you describe I'm a Piano. I wouldn't. I haven't studied it enough yet. But from so, you, I mean, you ain't got to no, be no, an see, expertise. See, here go, here go the thing. I listened to like okay. one song, right? I listened to one song. Uh-huh. And then I, didn't, then I didn't think about it. Then I was headed to the bookstore, and this was the bugged out shit. Because it, it was like in my mind. So, so the same thing I'm explaining to you how I had this process, I was explaining to one of my homeboys because I was on the way to the bookstore, and I was trying to explain my process of how I go in there and do my shit because, you know, I hadn't been. So I was like, you know what I'm saying? He was like, well, how does that work? And so I was like, all right, say, for example, um, you know, I might go in there and uh, grab the book, and it's about, you know, South African dance and I'm a piano. And he was like, what's that? You know what I'm saying? And I was like, exactly. See, you see something, you don't know about it, you want to know more about it. And then, you know, they might, in that interview or in that article, they might name check a few people. You take those name checks, write them down, go Google them later. And then next thing you know, you, you, could, you could really locate the whole scene. Because, you know, the way, the way that I research and the way that I move, I could backtrack into who started that shit, what neighborhood it came from, you know what I'm saying, and really be deep in it. You know what I mean? And so, lo and behold... I go in the bookstore, 
I grabbed the day, you know, grabbed all my shit. But when I got the days to open it up, they got a whole shit on I'm a piano. You know what I'm saying? And I just read it, jotted down some names. But I haven't really done that research yet. It was just something that because DJ Clean told me about it that I knew I wanted mm-hmm. to look up. You know what I'm saying? And so then, you watch later. Yeah, it's on my watch later, but it, it watched sooner. You know what I'm saying? Because it just popped right in, you know? Right. And it was like I wasn't expecting that. So now I got a bunch of names. I got a bunch of things. And I just got to do my research and, and backtrack into it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. So I, I would usually do that right after I leave the bookstore, but when I left the bookstore, I had I had an event, so okay. I hadn't got to it yet. Got it. So, you know, check it out. You know what I'm saying? Maybe next week. Yeah, I, got, can, I mean, I just, I just, I <laughs> just, I just added something to my watch later. I see one of the boiler rooms. That's one of them <laughs> things too. Like, um, I met one of the people that created Boiler Room years ago, and I That's hadn't really room. heard about it. Boiler Room is like this series where like these like kind of like these parties, mm-hmm. but they're like they're done. And again, this is like a real uh, at a glance type of situation. So Boiler Room, like Boiler Room is OK, so this is connecting club culture to the wide world. So it's like these little it's like basically they they capture events in places where I guess where they would be going down, like where the scene is thriving, they'll set up like a whole little, um, like they'll capture, like they'll record like a DJ set, but you'll see the the whole, you'll kind of get the the context of it all. Like they mm-hmm. try to be in the mix, you know, and present it to like live and direct from where it starts. Like if mm-hmm. it was some, you know, like if it was some hip hop shit way back in the day, they, you know what I mean? They would go to fucking a park jam, you know what I'm saying? And like set up so you could feel the vibe. Like, okay, this is what it is. Or, you know, all of these different things. And they got like, they've been going on for shit. At least I met this person at least six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. So they was like, yeah, you know, so it's just kind of like, um, it's kind of one of these things that kind of puts you in the room. You know what I mean? So I see TXC, Boiler Room System All Caps. So maybe that's the name of the, the crew or whatever, but it says I'm a piano. I'm a piano London. So that's what mm. I put on the watch later. I'm like, I'm gonna check that out, see what's what. Cause when I put in I'm a piano on um on YouTube, a bunch of things came up, but that shit came up and had like a million views and it, you know, so I was like, maybe that's something to start with. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you know. know. And it's it's just interesting because you could you could transport yourself into that that space that you know you never even heard of, and it's, right. it has its own set of characters, its own set of people who who are who are the you know the culture itself, its own hierarchy. You know what I'm saying? Who the shit and all that. You know that's that that type of stuff is interesting to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, no matter what mm-hmm. space is in, especially when it's black, like you know, it's like. Cause you know you start off with your 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 city or your neighborhood, go to the club. You understand the hierarchy. Okay, that's such and such. That's such and such. Okay, she the shit. You know what I'm saying? Then you expand to your bigger city. You're like, oh damn, they shitting on my little neighborhood club. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's some real stars out here. Then you start moving around different cities. It's like, oh shit, this shit is bigger than I thought. 
you know. Right. You go to Super Bowl and be like, it's the Super Bowl of everything. I'm like, oh, okay. These niggas really out here doing it. So then you expand that to, you know, global culture. It just makes for rich, you know, living rich entertainment, you know, other than being stuck on what you already know. And I think that's the part that kind of keeps you out of the loop or, or the shit that's very endemic to you because it's like, all right, I already kind of know that. I already kind of know what's happening there. All right, I know what this is. All right, it ain't really speaking to me as it used to. Let me see what else is out there. Mm. <clears throat> I got a question, and it's a transition into something else. But mm-hmm. I know when you say you was at the, you know, you do your bookstore runs, and you look at Monocle, and it's a bunch of persnickety white people shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. All right. Uh, but you black and you engage mm-hmm. it with it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what to you defines persnickety white people shit? And then I got, <laughs> uh, no, 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 I want to know because there's, you know, we talk about the culture, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and there's, it's, there's stuff that I guess could be deemed black people shit that's easy to point to. So what would you consider some pers- like persnickety white people shit? And then I got a couple more questions about that. Well, you know, it's persnickety black people shit too, and I might be part of that. But you know, I'm gonna continue to your question. Um, you know, persnickety white people shit, especially when it relates to Monaco, is a lot about you know design and and you know very OCD style, and you know, um, you know, it's it's all about you know places that are. Not, you know, your your run-of-the-mill places. It's like, you know, very curated. It's a, I can't even really, it's an aesthetic to it all. The design yeah. of the book is very clean, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's very thought out and organized in a way that's kind of like, you know, this is something that you want to put in your tote when you get on your private plane type shit. That's the aesthetic that they're going for. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? A lot of, you know, black, white, and cream. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right, right. You know, very, very, like, the images within, when they're talking about food, is a very curated plate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, somebody, you know, painstakingly made sure that every picture was was, uh, super thought out. And then, it's like, it's not on glossy paper. It's all matte finish. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a matte right. finish paper. And, you know, it, they have these uh, specials that they, they put out, and it's these guides, and they, you know, they're very well designed. They have, like, a pop-up shop with, you know, a collabo with, with like, uh, with, uh, damn, what's the name of that pen company and shit? Uh, Mont Blanc collabo okay, with it. Mont Blanc or or Monocle Times Birkenstock, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, so right. the same Birkenstock but in cream, you know, right. shit like right. that. And then you know the ads are very aspirational, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Haston's uh, fucking mattresses, nine thousand dollar mattress and shit. And then you know. Uh, Jacques Marie Marge uh, glasses, which are very limited edition, which 
I those are the type of glasses I wear. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm. They got a New Balance ad, but not like a New Balance ad that you would see. It's a guy in a, it's an older gentleman in a in, in a suit, but he's rocking his New Balances and shit. You know what I'm saying? He's probably somebody I should know, but I don't. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> you know, and Future got to add this motherfucker, which is a first, which was a standard. Right. Right. So F- Future is in an ad with Hugo Boss, but it don't uh-huh. say Hugo Boss. It's just like boss.com. And then it's it's like be your own boss, and then it's Future. Two-page spread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Future done entered the fashion discussion. So, I mean, it's it's just the way that it's designed on the inside and and the touch and feel, like you can feel the texture on the pages. It's very thought out. And right. and I, I liked it as such because, you know, in in our spaces, a lot of times we you don't get all of that in it. So when I was doing my magazine, I kind of modeled it after this. You know what I'm saying? I really wanted to do matte finish. Couldn't really afford it, though. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. <laughs> I had to skip that and go ahead and put the gloss on my shit. But uh, just just the way you think, it's just like, how can I take what they're doing and apply it to my mindset, my lifestyle, and the places that I would like to be? Because, you know, these places are cool, but it's, you know what I'm saying, it's not always where you would want to be. But if you had a black version of that, you'd be like, shit, I would want to be there. Is, it a, is there a world where you can compile all of the black things that are just as persnickety but black? You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what I was trying to achieve with it. Right. 21st Century Hustle. Yep. So 21st Century Hustle, I wanted it to be like a fast company for black people because fast company was kind of like the shit back then when the early 2000, like turn of the century. But I wanted it to look and feel more like Monocle. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. So because the question is, all right, then uh, follow-up question. And then I got some other shit that I want to talk if we mm-hmm. get a chance to. But I got a follow-up question. Now, when you say persnickety white people shit, <laughs> is that is that limiting or is it deferential or is it just aware? In it's, the way of... It, go ahead. No, it, 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 it's aware. Because when I say persnickety, you know what I'm saying, it's levels to all of that. You know what I mean? Some people be like, that just be might be their regular shit. You know what I'm saying? But I am aware that even in my own life, some shit that I do is, you know what I'm saying, it ain't regular shit. It's kind of like, you know, particular. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like looking for somewhere to stay in Atlanta, right? And right. I, I want to stay in the black community. I want to stay in right. the upwardly mobile black community. You know what I'm saying? Where all the other upwardly mobile black people live. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, you know, looking for somewhere. And a lot of the the um, architecture around there leaves a lot to be desired. Because a lot of those neighborhoods that, that in that space, they were kind of like building them in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Like you do have the, the older cascade, you know what I'm saying, that was that has, you know, some more sturdy type of homes. But they're a little smaller, and you know what I mean. It's a little like lifestyle 
difference. So when you go to the ones that are a little little bigger or whatever, they, you know, they got the brick fronts and the three-size brick. But when you go behind your house, it's vinyl siding. And I'm like, damn, where the neighborhoods where there ain't no vinyl sidings? And it's very hard to find one in that area where there ain't no vinyl siding on the side or the back of your house. I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. they just gave up on the bricks. Like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what happened? So I know, you know what I'm saying, I'm being a little bit picky in that regard. That, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, that, you know, you know, a little vinyl side ain't going to kill nobody, but it's killing me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. I know yeah. that about myself. I ain't, you know what I'm saying, I ain't finna be crazy. I know that about myself. I ain't no rich motherfucker, but goddamn, I am picky about certain shit. I'm fine with that. And that I meant to clarify, because the persnickety part is, that's whatever. I was more so, when I said limiting, deferential, or aware, I'm more so talking about when you say white people shit. Oh, because it's all white people in the pictures. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> okay. That's okay. all you see uh, in this motherfucker. You might see right. a few Middle Easterners or something like that, but this is white people. <laughs> but it's still, but you also say, yo, they got the glasses that I wear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so would they, you say, white I'm wearing white people too. glasses? So I'm wearing you a say, white man's glasses. And right, I kind of, but, and okay. I, hey, listen, listen. I love these glasses. I like the style of them because, you know right. what I'm saying? I like I like how they rock, right? And then I follow I follow um, the guy on who owns it on Instagram and shit. And remember right. when, when they broke my glasses and shit? Yeah. You know, I reached out. I reached out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a, you know what I mean? I got about four pair of your shits. You know what I'm saying? What can y'all do? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, damn. This motherfucker's a white man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't finna... He nigga, these are not for you. <laughs> like, nigga. <laughs> you <laughs> but, you, you should never saying? wear my glasses. Yeah, <laughs> nah, yeah, he yeah. wasn't like that. He was actually cool, but it wasn't shit he uh-huh. could do on that. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. <laughs> he was actually... Okay. He was all right. He was all right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that uh, he was tripping. You know what I'm saying? Got it. Got it. Cause um all right so and it'll transition to the way I got one last point so because my thing is and that's why I said is it limiting is it you know deferential you know what I'm saying or aware right you see it so like vice versa like if some white people are into some black shit right mm-hmm. there's often there's often the look of here they go co-opting our shit mm-hmm. and obviously you know the way that America or the world is set up. It's a it's a much different context than people of color versus white people. White, you know what I mean? Like it is what it is. But um, I had a moment where it was very interesting, right? I was um, I went into the the Lanvin store, right? Lanvin. I don't know how you you know don't pronounce it Landvin. Obviously, I knew that, <laughs> but you know I also heard Pusha say that shit. But you know, like you know, some of them, you know, one of them highfalutin, you know, what I'm saying luxury brands where you gotta be like. Let me run this past somebody before I say it all the way out loud. You know what I mean? You don't want to be Versace ass nigga or even Loewe. That shit don't read like that, right? So, um, so, but I went into the store because I was like, let me see what's cracking. You know what I mean? And uh, for me, when I go into these stores sometimes, I feel like they know I'm not about to buy no shit. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I ain't got the shit on. You know what I mean? Maybe, you know, whatever. My 
my aesthetic might not fit that. And sometimes it feel cold. It, there's a disconnect. But I be feeling sometimes I gotta overcompensate. I'm looking at the, you know, I'm looking at the fabrics and I'm I'm rubbing my chin to look like I'm a <laughs> discerning buyer. You know what I mean? All of this type of tricknology. But um <laughs> I went into the store recently and I went in and shit. And uh the one of the the saleswomen, she was cool. She said, Hey, how you doing? Like uh look like she was like maybe like a white Latina, like a white looking Latina. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It could have been either way. Mm-hmm. But um, she was like, hello, you know, real, you know, like, cool, not not cold. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes. And typically I be kind of, maybe it's being defensive. I could kind of be not terse, but short. You, know, you need any help? Nah, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm just, you know, I'm just taking it in. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, you mm-hmm. know, shit, don't give me no water. I don't want no, you know what I mean? All of that shit. So I'm looking at the shit and I'm like walking around looking at some of the stuff and some of the stuff is cool and I'm probably in there for about three minutes or whatever and then over the, you know, the music switches. I don't know what the music that was playing when I first came in but they started playing that Be A record with J. Cole, London, right? Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. like that record, you know what I mean? They both get off, J. Cole get crazy on there. You know, I'm not the biggest J. Cole fan but he get busy on this shit Mm -hmm. and there was a moment where it it went from... and I had maybe two quick thoughts. One is like, because it wasn't too many other motherfuckers in there. So I'm like, did they just play this shit because I'm in it? You know what I mean? But I, well received. But then also it went from not just comfortable, but I got a little indignant because I got my own narrative in my head. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, because I'm already got all of this shit in my head. Like, you know, these motherfuckers looking at me like I can't get none of this shit or I should whatever, whatever. <laughs> but then I'm like, these niggas playing the culture. You know what I'm saying? Well, fuck that. If they going to play the motherfucking J. Covers, this shit, nigga, I'm fine in this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it was it was extreme. It's what I'm saying. It was extreme, but it was it just kind of put the whole shit in perspective of like, you know, these spaces, you like, they're open, especially when they're public. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if it's private or if it's some curated shit or if it's some gatekeep, some gatekept shit, then that's a little different. Well, that's absolutely different. But like these spaces, especially where it's about spending money and all of this other shit, these, you know, they're open to all, but sometimes we might put our own limits on the shit. You know what right. I'm saying? And then, um, so there was <clears> that. <throat> but also, but the other thing that I wanted to do, to, unless you want, you've got to, you know, we could transition in a second. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Say okay. what you have to say. Because the other shit that, the reason I was going to even get into this whole spaces and white people shit and, you know, the culture and shit was watching this last episode of Atlanta. You know what I mean? Like, it was, um, you know, it showed, you know, like, when the spaces converge or when the influence converges with, you know, due to, uh, due to things that, you know, like, I mean, due to necessity, basically. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, a white family needs a nanny, Right. Or, be, you know, somebody to watch their child or help raise their child or whatever. And a Trinidadian woman needs a job. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, like, this is a white family that lives in fucking Tribeca. And this is a Trinidadian woman that lives in Queens. And they converge in. 
And this Trinidadian woman is raising this white child who's young, so he ain't, you know, he hasn't grown enough to really know the nuance of otherness. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's still a sponge. And the 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 um the what you call it, the collecting of influence or the sponge like nature is organic. It ain't like some shit that you really going out there and scavenging it. It's something that you grew up in. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? By no choice of your own, you were like raised in it on a certain level. And right. it's weird to me because, you know what I'm saying? It's weird to me because I, you know, especially in New York, you see the shit all the time, but I mm-hmm. never really thought about what how those kids, when they get older, you know, because obviously they don't got no true birthright but that shit close you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. they, they like it's not they, they didn't really they're not really fronting like they was really there it goes back to um you know what i'm saying it goes back to like even the slave days if you know right. you grow you raising these white children this is fucking paula dean could fry some chicken she might call you a nigga and that you don't want that but the chicken is like god damn who did who grandmother fr- fried this chicken you know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes when you converge with the culture, you know, it it you pop up. There's there's cross pollination. But anyway, um that was just a, a you know, a way to transition it to let's talk about Atlanta and um yeah. w- what you think. I mean, what was interesting to me was that, you know, um the lady that took care of my kids was Trini. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And, and for my middle son, he was actually like a little Trinidadian. Like, I don't know what the fuck kind of influence they be having on him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh-huh. He, he want to drink malt. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He want to, he uh, he want all that, all the Trini food. He want to have bake every day. Like, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Can, can you make bake? You know, I'm like, what the fuck is bake? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, right. they come home. They have, you know, because they live next door. And uh, so you come home, they have him out there on the stoop. He just in his pamper, no shirt, no shoes. They playing <laughs> the training music. He winding it up. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> They've indoctrinated my son. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wasn't tripping off of it because I thought it was funny, but it was just like that influence Different. kicks in real quick. Real quick, you know what I'm saying? So right. when I was watching Atlanta, I kind of understood it, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know that's where it was going at first, but once mm-hmm. it started hitting those notes, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I get it. You know what I'm saying? Now, she didn't take care of him full time, forever, and you know what I'm saying, do everything with him and take a school picture and shit, but just in the, the, you know, the time that he was around them, he was really influenced by it. Especially the food mm-hmm. and the the music and the culture, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So on the show, uh-huh. you know, you know, it was slow. You know what I'm saying? It was very like a drama. You know what I'm saying? Following it through, trying to figure out what the fuck they about to do this week. You know what I'm saying? But when they got the queens, that shit got funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? They can pull up trying to find somewhere to park. They finding out their son speak the language. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> he know the idioms and shit. Yeah, he know all of the fly shit. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. He he gave them the ghetto passport. 
You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's like no cockroaches with long ear, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That shit was funny. That shit uh, was funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I, shit, I was, I was bugging off that shit, you know. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean. Real quick. Well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, 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 I'm good. Um, all right, so quick before we even go, because this is a conversation that's been going on. I think we might have touched on it. Um, You know, Atlanta this season has definitely been doing these little, like, I guess, anthology episodes where mm-hmm. none of the main characters are around. I'm fine with it. I said I said it from the top. Like, they, they do the best tangents in television. I'm, like, I'm locked in wherever they go because creatively they're thorough. And it's got it's got the nuance and it's good storytelling. It's always funny, even if it's not the main characters. But I guess I could see a lot of people feeling like, you know, we waited two-plus years for them to come back. And, you know, they, they kind of they cutting the coke. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, do you feel a way about it? How you feel with these things? About how they doing this? How they, how they not, you know, how it's not, um, everything's not serialized. Every, like all these, it might even be 50, 50, you know what I'm saying? It's like almost for every episode, there's another non Atlanta based They're everywhere, but Atlanta damn near this season. It's but totally go ahead. expected. You know what I'm saying? That's what they've been doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially the last season, you know, when they had the, you know, the alligator man and, you know, uh, what's the man name? Teddy, whatever. Teddy Perkins. Well, they were still in those episodes, though. Yeah. At least one of the characters. Yeah, but then they'll go all off and do the whole public access show. So, by them not being in an episode, you know what I'm saying, I just feel like it's just the next level of them doing these non-serialized Episodes, mm-hmm. I'm not mad at it because they well thought out. They keep mm-hmm. the black in that shit no matter what. Mm-hmm. First, first half of this show was all white, but if you really looked at it, you know what I'm saying. The little boy was watching Proud Family. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. Uh, when you went to the funeral, the mama had a Telfair bag on. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 white boy, the the older white boy that she took care of before him. He had the mm-hmm. the you know the the Caribbean Bluetooth in his ear. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that was um that was Chet Hanks. You yeah, know about yeah. Chet Hanks? Okay, what about All right, I mean, I've seen somebody say that, but I don't know. No, I don't know the back. What's so the story on that? Chet Hanks is Tom Hanks' son, right? Mm-hmm. And his whole thing is, um, he was a one. He was like a rapper back mm-hmm. in the day, like he was white rapper or whatever, but. Like, over the last few years, there was a video that came out a few years ago of him speaking in Patois, right? And, like, convincing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was crazy. It was, but, you know, people felt away with it. I remember there was actually, I was in the room. There was a fucking clubhouse room where, you know, the clubhouse rooms be real pointed. Yo, is Chet Hanks fucking the culture up type shit? That's, that's kind of them inviting you to the room. So, anyway, mm-hmm. Chet Hanks actually was in the room Kind of not really defending himself, but like speaking to the fact, yo, 
I'm influenced by the culture. I I like the culture. I don't think I'm offending nobody. Blase skip. And it was like Jamaican people that were like, yo, I'm from Jamaica. I ain't got no problem with it. I appreciate the, you know, the salute. I don't feel no type of way. There might be somebody else that's like, well, I'm I'm Caribbean and I feel like that's appropriation and da-da-da-da-da. There might be somebody that's like, I'm not even, I'm just black American. I just feel like that shit is cringe and da-da-da-da-da. But it became like a big story. So... Mm-hmm. For him to be in it was like it was good stunt casting. It was like, oh shit, look at fucking Chet Hanks. You know what I mean? Like it goes back to him, you know, pulling from meme culture and shit like that. And I thought that was kind of cool. Well, that was a nice nod to that whole moment because mm-hmm. he right. he was able to play the character and the role in a way that actually gave him bonus material because you know obviously he could do it, but then now you got the whole backstory of it being you know right. And that's what they've been doing with a lot of these things with the internet sensations of it all, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, they 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 very thoughtful about what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Very, very yeah, thoughtful like about this shit, you know? A lot of little Easter I mean, eggs and shit like that. Yeah. In the end, you know, the package that kept coming, uh-huh. you know, with the knocking and nobody there, and right. then it, it just, you know, then it finally he opened the package and it's the lady and um uh, and the boy on a on a whole Olin Mills scenario school picture. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. I gotta process, you know what I'm saying, what they were trying to do there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know I know they started off by saying, you know, the teacher saying that they didn't show up for the, you know, the the parent day or whatever. And then mm-hmm. so this lady was always there. In his life, even when he went to bed, you know what I'm saying? She was right. sitting in the chair, as, as you know, they kind of alluded to. So Right. Rubbing his back in the show, in the circle, singing sweet with Trinity to the Bone and all of that. Right. While I she thought, wasn't even doing it for her own family, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Sacrifice. And I thought that was, I like, I like, I, I kind of like how there was the parallel sacrifice. They mm-hmm. both, they were two two different stations in life or whatever, two different, you know what I'm saying, ends of the spectrum. But they both were kind of trying to provide, but in the same in the same way they were absentee at home, right? Mm-hmm. So you got the the white family, the white parents, they out, you know, busy trying to, you know, maintain this penthouse living. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then you got Sylvia who's out there in Tribeca raising this white baby. You know what I'm saying? But she got a blind eye to everything that's going on at home. And both of them seemingly, you know, mean well. You know, like the, mm-hmm. the goal is to provide. But the deal is in order to provide, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to be away and... Unfortunately, you know, you you know, I'm not in your life as much as I could be. You know, it seems like the ultimate luxury would be to be able to provide and still be in people's lives. You know, I'm mean? mm-hmm. still be in your kids' lives. You know, it's funny because like during the pandemic, I got a lot of friends of mine that got kids, and a lot of them were saying, "Yo, it just feels good to be home with my children." Like I ain't realized like how much I was missing or how, you know, like how much time I'd really been apart, you know, from the family unit. And that was like one of the, 
you know, one of the, the silver lining, if you want to use that term of, you know, the pandemic or whatever, just the whole the the opportunity to stay at home, to be grounded and to work from home so you can still get your money. Mm-hmm. But due to this pandemic, you can't you don't have to be in the office. You can't travel. So you got to be at home. And you can see like a lot of people like like. You know, like or even people that were that had kids during the pandemic, they've been with their kid since the onset. And now for them to have to go out into the world now that the world is open back up to provide for the family. Mm-hmm. There's this fucking like, oh, man, this shit going to be tough. I don't want to be away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's uh, it's interesting. I thought that was a, a cool little commentary that they did with that. Word. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. They they doing their thing, man. I enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's inspiring. You know they uh-huh. they really take a deep look at black culture as it relates to the broader world. You know what I mean? Right. And um, that's something that interests me a whole lot. So um, I appreciate them. Shouts out to the team over there and mm-hmm. all what they they're doing. They're good at that persnickety black shit. Exactly. Like, they definitely, absolutely. you know what I'm saying, they definitely are on some persnickety black shit, which I ain't yeah. mad at either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, because it's, it's a, the persnick, the way that I view it, the persnickety lane is a lot different than a lot of lanes. It's like you could be like bougie. You could be, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, um, flashy and doing rich shit. But mm-hmm. persnickety is very... Specific, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like you know what I'm saying. It's not what everybody doing. It's this is what I choose to do, and I'm really not gonna venture veer out too far from what I want. So let's get it right, people. You know what I'm saying? That type of deal. Yeah, yeah. The attention to detail to be all the way on point. You know what I mean? And I don't know. Like you said, it don't gotta be loud. It just mm-hmm. gotta be like if you paying attention, you caught it. Oh, right, that was, that was slick. They really, you know. right. If you know, you know. You know, what I'm saying it's in mm-hmm. the details, it's in the texture, it's in the fabric. You know, what I'm saying right. it's in the spirit and the DNA of it. You know, mm-hmm. that part of it. You know, it's not like all right, I'm gonna put all this stuff on and ha, here I am. Nah, it ain't that. It's like right. oh, that that motherfucker thought about that shit. Right. You, you might not even catch it now. Right. Catch it later. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's, that's always. Good for Throwback Thursday. And people are like, oh, I've always been on it. If you peep, you're like, oh, shit. That's why I like watching Atlanta at least at least twice. Wow. I do. I feel like that with a lot of the FX shows, too. Maybe it's just because of how it's set up. They play them shits back to back to back on some old school ESPN shit where they used to run Sports <laughs> Center for a whole day. But, like, it, I'm not mad at I'll find myself watching that shit three times in a row and still... Be as engaged and picking out little shit. Oh, peep that, or I caught that, or whatever, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I appreciate the attention to detail that they 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 provide with that. Right. <clears throat> anyway, brother, uh, feel yeah, like brother. this was a good conversation. You know what I mean? Time to transform and roll out. Word out. Uh, listen, uh, people, tell a friend to tell a friend, and even an enemy, to get in the conversation. Yeah.